Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Hour number two. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason were with you until one. Phone lines are open, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, Xfinity Mobile text line. Talking about a lot of different things here this morning. What's a realistic finish for the Warriors over the final 24 games? Do you think they can still flip a switch in the playoffs? Playoffs? Can you even get into the playoffs at this point? You don't want to sound too arrogant, uh, although I think Whitey and I both confident that the Warriors at least will be in the play-in portion yeah. of of the, the playoff tournament. Uh, but is, And then getting into the GP2 Wiseman trade as well as, as the buyout market here on uh, All-Star Saturday. I understand the frustration. I was at a Super Bowl party and a Warrior fan was, uh, you know, complaining as a lot of Warrior fans are looking at, like, look at the, the, the Lakers got Rui Hachimura and they got all, you know, and they Vanderbilt. got Vanderbilt. Yeah. Love that Vanderbilt. And Beasley. And what do the what do the Warriors get? They give up the number two pick and they get a guy who's hurt. Uh, so I understand all that. Uh, I know someone on the text line mentioned this, JD. The, the Warriors had a chance. Looks like they had a, a legitimate chance to land a bigger fish. And they just decided ultimately that the price was too high, that Toronto's asking price was too high for OG and Anobi. The complexion of everything would be a lot different right now if they decided to make that move. That That's a deal that I would have looked really hard at. And Even I- though, pardon me, but just to be clear here, um, according to reports, we're talking about Jonathan Kuminga, picks and additional players for OG and Anobi. Yeah, I, I would have looked at it. And I don't know, if it had been Kuminga, Moody, and two first-round picks, and I know the Warriors' first-round picks are tied up, I, I would have done it. Uh, because that that would have allowed you the defense that you need at, at this point and a younger player and somebody that would be a finisher. Like He would be the fifth finisher at that point. It would be Stephen Clay. It would be Wiggins and Ananobi and Draymond. Mm-hmm. Like that would be your that would be your five in your, yeah. in your closing lineup. And you'd be able to be versatile and, and switch everything. And and all of that, and I, I get it. Five one zero, nah, Kaminga's upside's way too good. Yeah, we'll see about that. And, and that that's why the Warriors, I think, in part, didn't do the deal. But OG Anunoby's only twenty five, right? And he's already a capable play, you know, starter in in the NBA. And we'll see. We'll see what Kaminga has become. I and mean, the Warriors hung on to Wiseman for a couple of years because they believed in in the upside in the potential development. You can see it with Kaminga. Like you can see the, the legitimate upside that Kaminga has, but is it going to take him two more years to be on an OB? And at that point, you know, what do you, we'll see. What do you have left as far as Steph, Clay, and, and Draymond? But, but to me, that would have been the kind of move that puts you on par with you have multiple defenders that can go at the Durant's, the, the the guys that that Milwaukee and Boston have the ability to to compete with you know everybody that Denver has except for Jokic like that that to me would have been you you got action in the playoffs if you go if you get OG Ananobi I don't I'd love to see it but I don't think Kuminga will ever be as good of a three point shooter as Ananobi's been maybe he will be 
OG Ananobi for his career is 37%. Where would you, and I like the idea too, so I'm not, I'm not coming down your road, but as long as we're talking about it. Well, let's, if let's be honest. There's two things that people are coming down my road about. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't love the GP2 trade, although if he's healthy and contributes this year, then that's fine. But to me, he has to do that for it to be like you can't assume that he will. Right. Like Peyton has to actually produce. It's, it's possible. No one knows if, that. If, Nobody knows if that. If he helps them win playoff games this year, then it then it works out. If if he is healthy, relatively speaking, over the next couple of years, then that's fine. You also have to factor in down the line what does Wiseman become. But I also think you have to accept the fact that Wiseman wasn't going to be co- whatever Wiseman becomes. I think, and this is a tough pill to swallow, but you have to accept the fact that he was never going to become that here even if he does go on to become it elsewhere, and that that can be frustrating. But the the name value of a GP2 Whitey in the Bay, it, like that to me, there's a, the Warrior fan base has a soft oh, spot I know. For, the, for GP2, which is why I think this deal to this point has been a little bit overrated by the fans than it probably should be. And I think it's similar with Kaminga. I think Kaminga has, oh, Kaminga, Tantalai, the athleticism, the ability, you know, future Giannis or Kawhi, like all those things that are probably unrealistic. I know, and you rolled your eyes as I said <laughs> yeah, it. Because I, I actually have well, heard some of that. It's unrealistic, but there yeah. are people that think he's going to be a future superstar. And and so I think his name value among the Warrior fan base carries a little bit more weight than it probably should at this point. I think and, and So I think that's where people that are saying, J.D., you're crazy, don't get Ananobi, are the same people in some ways that are saying, J.D., you're crazy if you don't like the GP2 trade right now. I think you hit the nail on the head, again, in terms of a reason why the Warriors wanted to make this trade that they would never discuss. It helps to soften the blow of trading away your number two pick. We have the number two pick, and it didn't work out. Oh, boy. But look who we're bringing back. Um, I don't think that's the, you know, the, the ultimately the reason why you make the deal, but I think it's something when they looked at, it, they're like, yeah, it makes it easier to sell this to, uh, to our fan base. What I was going to ask you though, is about Anunobi. And again, I'm not arguing with you that you're wrong about you, you would have made the deal or looked more closely into it. I'm just wondering where would you have played him? He's played small forward. Would you, would you limit Wiggins minutes or he's on the floor with Wiggins? And I know, you know, they didn't do it. So yeah. They could play together. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, to me, if you if you he's were, a really good player, and they looks like they could have had him. He's a really good player. To me, he would he would have been a complimentary player to Steph and Clay and Wiggins and Draymond. He's somebody you could put out there and help mask some of Jordan Poole's defensive deficiencies, even with a bench group. Like you could, to me, he is everything you want in today's NBA. The one thing I will say. Appreciate the texter. A couple of pointed out he gets hurt too. He has yes, been he a does. injury prone. He's, mm-hmm. He wasn't playing at the end of the the lead up to the All Star break. Yeah, you look at his uh, games played the last few seasons. Uh, not great. It, to me, it would have hinged Hello. on as it may have. What what draft picks are we talking about? Kuminga and Moody for. Uh, think about that draft picks. Which ones? How many? That's to me what it would have come down to. I also would have strongly considered it. But according to all reports, the Warriors did strongly consider it before deciding. No, nah, that's just a little rich for our blood. Eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy. Let's go to Will in Santa Cruz next here on Warriors this week. What's going on, Will? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, what's going on? Um, man? My biggest thing for this off season. Arden? Yeah, go ahead, Will. You guys there? Yep, we got you. My biggest thing is they had all of last season and this entire offseason to take into a part Mike Brown's absence. And you're telling me with all the money they spend, the best they can get is a 15th overall defense? Don't get me wrong, I ain't calling for the guy's head, but there's times last year our zone defense to shut people down. They wouldn't know what to do. This year they walk right through it. What's that, going on? Yeah, that, well, I, I think some of it is effort. I think some of it is the fact that they don't have as many – good defensive players on the roster on the ball stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and they did get really creative last year and with, and, and Mike Brown as the defensive coordinator, they really got, I thought more opponent specific and their defensive game plans with the players that they had last year than I'd ever seen them in the Steve Kerr era. Like they really, and I think part of that was the willingness to go all in in the regular season to win as many games as possible. I know Coach Kerr has talked about this a lot, the fact that they they had something to prove last year as a franchise after missing the playoffs two straight years that I just don't think, frankly, had been there. I, you know, 
it, it is players and scheme because you look at Mike Brown, I think the Kings are 24th or 25th in defense. I know they, they are having a great year. He has said we cannot they guard anybody defensively. Yeah. They are, they are worse than the Warriors defensively. Like they, I mean, honestly, I was looking, I think they're 24th right now in, in, in defense. It's, it's pretty bad. They're yeah. worse than that. Like I, you watch them. They're worse. They, they could be 31st out of 30 teams. <laughs> On some, but like every game, and I'm not, I'm not. They're having a great year. They're seven over five hundred. He's done a great job. He, he, Mike Brown, should be the coach of the freaking year. But their offense is turbocharged. Like their offense is, they have the number one offense, and they have like the twenty fourth or the twenty fifth ranked defense. Right. It's been offense why they they're having the year that they've that they've had. And in particular, I was looking at, not to go down the weeds here, but I was looking at some of their numbers. Talk about Sacramento's numbers. They have a one. 30 offensive rating in the clutch. They 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 have their offensive rating in clutch situations. You know why? Is 10 points better than the next team. Like it, they they have been ridiculous and it, it they are I think the the MLB team that goes 18 and 2 in one run games and you're like, "Oh, like how are they doing it?" And it just like and it is that sustainable? Well, for this year maybe it is because it's a special year. Yeah. But there's a little something special. in the Ooh. There's a, special they're having a special year, year. legitimately. No, they yeah, are having okay. A special year. Yeah, I was going to say. I think anyway, one reason they're ahead, doing Mark. that. Fox is. Yes. He's amazing down that stretch of games where everyone knows that he's coming at you, but he's so fast that he gets to his spot. I think it's it, it, this has to do with the Warriors too. As you look at the West going forward, the Warriors last year. I don't know if you'd agree, JD. I think you would. Early in the year, the Warriors kind of caught some teams by surprise. They got off that great start. They had missed the playoffs two years in a row. They came out of the gates last year, boom, and they caught some teams by surprise. I think Sacramento has done that to a degree, and I think their schedule gets tougher. It's going to be tough sledding for them in a lot of ways the rest of the season for for Sacramento, and that obviously could impact um, the Warriors as well. So as far as the point about the Warriors in their zone – not getting too wonky, but Will said last year the zone was really effective. Last year the Warriors, remember Steve Kerr was asked, what's the most surprising thing about this team to you last year? And he said, our defensive rebounding. Uh, and I think the Warriors, they were very high. They might have finished second. When you play zone, as you know, J.D., anybody who plays basketball, it's hard to rebound defensively, harder in a zone because you're in a space rather than on an individual player. This year, the worst defensive rebounding is not great. It's their middle of the pack. So that makes it harder to play more zone. Also, they don't have the guys. I don't think they've been as effective stopping the ball at the point of attack. When you're in a zone, it's kind of passive. But to compensate for that, you know, because the guy's standing there, you got to put pressure on the basketball. And with uh, their current personnel, I think they have, they're having a harder time doing that. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. 888-957-9570. Ryan in San Francisco next here on Warriors This Week. What's going on, Ryan? Yo, 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 what's good? Um, how you guys doing today? Good. Yeah, we're doing well. What's up, Ryan? Awesome, awesome. Yo, so I understand that GP2 isn't playing right now, but honestly, in reality, if we had the money to pay him in the offseason, I would have rather had paid him then and because I feel like when he went to Portland, I feel like those doctors weren't actually doing what they need to do to make sure this dude was efficient and not injured. Um, he's going to be back. And, you know, you got to realize, like, the effort that he put in to make sure that we actually got as fans a championship last year, he owes some love. He's owed some love from the Golden State Warriors um, tribe. You know what I mean? And I wish Wiseman would have had the opportunity to grow into a player that he's going to be here, it just didn't happen that way. But, you know, we do we, – I would like to see some other players come to help us. You know, like I, I saw Love is going to um, the Heat, which is kind of like, all right, cool. We need somebody, but it is what it is, man. Hope you all have a good day. Yeah, appreciate it. No, GP2 does deserve all the love for helping that team win a championship last year. That That's without a doubt, and, and he is a, a fan favorite but he's got to be able to play for the deal to be worth it at, at the end of the day. I mean, at a minimum, regardless of what you think of, of Wiseman. And I guess I'm more in the, in the camp of I'll believe it when I see it as far as Peyton's ability to play. And, yeah, the Portland doctors, you know, they have been admonished, and, and the way the Blazers potentially failed to disclose components of, 
of the injury and the treatment plan to the Warriors, like that's all fair game. But you don't get to when you accept a player with a failed physical, when you accept an injured player with a failed physical, if it doesn't work out, you don't get to blame Portland anymore. Like you, you had the ability to not do the deal. So I'm, I'm holding the Warriors accountable for the result in this instance. As to, and so if he's able to play, I get it. If he's not, and and, and I know this is going to be unpopular because people don't want to do that, do this around here. But if Gary Payton the second can't play, or is injury prone the next couple of years. That's on the Warriors, and the Warriors should be scrutinized for that, not anybody else. Ryan touched on a really interesting point about how the Warriors could have had could have kept Peyton. They decided to let him go, and to me that speaks to the fact that they had a plan that essentially just didn't work. And the plan was, we love GP2, but you know what? we got to let him go because he can make so much money. We don't want to spend that money, and we've got some, again, some of our younger guys are going to help Luxury fill that tax. void. Luxury tax is a big part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and don't you think J.D. was, again, spoke to the plan. You know, Moody will give us some of that, not that he's the same player, Kuminga and Wiseman, so we're going to rely, again, on the younger players to step up this year and assume larger roles, and when that hasn't happened, then all of a sudden you're like, wow, we're paying Wiseman, we've got to pay him all this money, he can't get on the floor, we're better off bringing back GP2. It made sense to not bring GP2 back. He got a three-year, twenty-seven, twenty-eight yeah. million dollar yeah. contract like that. That when when it you're talking about was seventy-five, eighty million. I think it was in actual money. Like that yeah. made sense. And I know at that point, Warrior fans were on riding high off of the the, the title and and everything being gravy and and all of that. So I, I get I get as a fan, hey, you want it, you want to keep that. But it the financial decision made sense. Because of him as an injury-prone player, even then, like to me that everything about Gary Payton II read as the Warriors absolutely got the most out of him that maybe any team will get out of him in his career for that particular sake. How how often do we see players that will have a year or two, maybe like Payton did, get paid? They're injury-prone players; their bodies just break down. And they're out of the league. I was telling somebody, yeah, like that—that's on the table here. He reminds me, and I hope I'm wrong here, because I'd love to see him play and continue to be effective. Um, You know, pitchers in baseball, JD. I'm sure you remember this. There were times when a guy throw like 323 innings and won like 25 games, and then sometimes like he was done. (laughs) It's like that's it. And Peyton, hopefully, he's not one of those guys based on what he did um, last year. So I also this is interesting to me. See what you think of this. I think maybe the Warriors learned a lot from what happened with the Giants and Correa. Remember when everything fell apart with Carlos Correa? Carlos Correa's agent, Scott Boris, got out in front of that right away. And mm-hmm. the first reports were how the Giants screwed up. And you know, the war, we Guru and I talked to Bob Myers right when that thing was breaking. So, you know, the Warriors were keenly aware of all that. The Warriors got out in front of that right away. That doesn't mean they were right to make the trade or wrong, but all the reports about Portland's doctors and the Toradol shots, which some of it wasn't accurate. Yeah. I think the Warriors learned from what happened to the Giants and said, we're not going to let that blow up in our faces yeah. and, and to, uh, like that did for them. And to me, the Warriors, in some sense, and, and you're right, from a PR standpoint, I mean, they they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to be able to, hey, we're getting this guy back that everybody loves, and, it, and in many ways the fan base views it as a, as a, a wrong that's been righted in getting him back. But if it doesn't work out, that's Portland's fault. Like, that's Portland's fault. Portland sold his damaged goods. Like, mm-hmm. But no, you cannot do the deal. Like, the recourse is not they have to give you more picks after don't, the trade deadline think, goes by. Don't you the think? The recourse is you don't do the deal. And and for people saying, you know, you can only you can only criticize the deal if you could have got another player. They can, let me tell you something. Again, going to be unpopular. I love GP2. He helped the Warriors. He can help them again. Uh, but an unpopular thing is you could have traded you traded Wiseman for an eighth or a ninth man. That's the truth. You trade well, you could trade I'm not Wiseman sure what for else an you eighth. Could have gotten for well, him. no, and that's fair. I don't even disagree with that. But you could trade Wiseman for an eighth or a ninth man in in July. Like if 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 you're taking back a player that can't play at any point. Again, I know they believe he will be able to come back and play. They believe that they'll get more out of him than another team can that's fine if it works out then I'll tip my cap to him it it worked out like it's I don't know how it's gonna work out but I'm skeptical that he's just gonna be a healthy player for the most part the next two and a half years that would be the one thing I would say to you I understand your argument completely but I would say my guess and it's obviously it's a guess 
I think the Warriors have to have a, a lot of confidence that he's going to be able to get on the floor for them and play. Otherwise, yeah, you're right. But for them to have made this move and assume the risk, I think their doctors have to be extremely confident. You never know if Gary Payton is going to play anywhere like he did last year. But I, I got to believe that they firmly believe he will be able to get back on the floor for him this Let, year. Let's go to Mitch in New Jersey Hey, up next here. What's going on, Mitch? Mitch. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks hey. for taking my call. Uh, just want to say Kevin Love is out there. You think the, the Warriors, Warriors are still at West? Where do you think he's going? I think he's a ball on Hall of Fame. I think he still has a few years left in him. Thanks, Mitch. It looks like he's going to Miami. I know he's supposed to meet with Philadelphia. We talked about it a little bit earlier on the show, so we'll just reset that. I think from a basketball standpoint, Kevin Love could help the Warriors, but there aren't a lot of minutes for Kevin Love on the roster where they already have Jamichael Green, I think, playing in that slot. And there were a lot of people on the text line, Whitey, what if Jamichael Green gets hurt? What if Dante DiVincenzo gets hurt? you got to have insurance policies as cases to be made for not only Love, but... Yeah, Patrick but, Beverly. But the thing is, if you're Kevin Love and the Warriors say, we want to bring you in in case Jamichael Green gets hurt, and Kevin Love's going to say, all right, never mind. I'm not going to go there. That, that's the thing. Deuces. Yeah. Yeah, at that point. Uh, ben in Oakland next, 888-957-9570. What's going on, Ben? Hey, um, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio, so I've heard uh, <laughs> these uh, topics discussed over and over. So I wanted to talk about why Steph makes so many turnovers while why Draymond uh, doesn't shoot so well. So what I was talking about was peripheral vision versus hard focus. So like uh, Ben Simmons and the defenders who don't score a lot, they live in their peripheral vision world because they're looking at the whole court. Uh, Curry is more of a scorer, is looking individually at the rim, so he's able to hit all those shots. And whenever I see uh, players off, it's like they're always picking up the rim a little bit late. So... I just wanted to bring up something completely different so that uh, we just have a new topic to talk about. Okay, thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Yeah, Steph Curry averages uh, almost six and a half assists per game, so I think he's got pretty good peripheral vision. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he does. Yeah. So the, the issue being the turnovers, I kind of, I'm going to be honest, I kind of glazed over that one. <laughs> well, it is, it is interesting. It's another problem with the Warriors, and it's been forever. Uh, too many turnovers. Too many turnovers. Too many turnovers. And Steph's been, um, you know, um, Steph and Draymond have uh, been chief offenders there. But I don't, I, you know, you're you're running the show, JD. I don't think that's our new topic. No, it's, Thank it's you. not. It, it's <laughs> Thanks, not. Thanks, Ben. Uh, back to the Xfinity Mobile text line. A, a interesting question here. Do you think Wiseman would have helped in certain playoff series when other teams have a big man that can rebound, such as Memphis and Denver? And the answer is no. And I think that that is a misnomer. Like he was not going to be, like the, the last thing the Warriors would have wanted to have done would have been, hey, we're playing Jokic, wise, wow. go get him. Like that's that's the the answer to that question is maybe the biggest reason why he's not on the roster anymore is that they looked at that and said, no way. Go back, look at the video. Go back, look at the box score. We saw that not that long ago. Wiseman played against Denver, and he was playing reasonably well. And then Jokic came in the game, and it's you know this is this is no knock on Wiseman because Jokic is you know he may be three time MVP, but he destroyed Wiseman, and no surprise that's not a knock on Wiseman. But to to the the question there, no, not really an option, right? We we saw what that would look like just a few weeks ago, and it was as dreadful as you'd think. It, it well, yeah, yeah. And it, that, again, that's that's you know. There's, you can't expect Wiseman to do better against Jokic, but he's just no match for him defensively. No question. None. And, and I think that that is what we had started to see in the regular season, even before the injuries had popped in, was the fact that that there just couldn't be regular minutes assigned to him against anybody. And in Memphis, what are we talking like? Steven Ad James Wiseman's going to hold his own against Steven Adams? And, and he did have, in fairness, a six- or a seven-minute stretch, well, he I did. think, on Christmas. You're right. He played You're very right. well against Memphis. But again, that's that's one game, and it was, you know, did really— Steven Adams miss that game? I could be— I think, I think he, he missed be. their most recent game. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think yeah. he missed their most recent game back in, in January. 8 at 8 we're halfway through here. Man, flying along here. Phone lines open. Let's it's go. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, we're halfway through here on a Saturday. It's John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. That's the Xfinity Mobile text line. That's also the phone number to give us a call. We've had a lot of good calls over the first 90 minutes here. we got another 90 minutes to come asking some simple questions. What's a, a realistic finish for the Warriors over the final 24 as they are 29-29 and 29 with 24 games to go? Laid it out at the top of the show, 22-7 and seven home, 7-22 seven and 22 away. And you know, can this team flip a switch? We've also dissected a lot of the Wiseman, Gary Payton, the second trade. Everything that didn't go down as far as the Warriors' interest in OG Ananobi. And also looked at some of the other teams in the Western Conference, who I think we both are aligned in thinking got better, Clippers and Suns among them. Couple questions. I know we are hearing from all the uh, text line GMs, which we appreciate. Even if we disagree, we appreciate it. Has anyone mentioned Russell Westbrook to the Warriors? Has anyone mentioned, uh, as I said earlier, Guillermo after his strong performance in the celebrity game? Anyone mentioned Guillermo as maybe a potential no, buyout? Pickup? No Guillermo. <laughs> Actually, one Guillermo, and 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 then this person said over Westbrook. Okay, I, I agree with that one. Guillermo over Westbrook, but uh, yeah, I know you know fans are going to fan, and here we have the second part of the season, not the second half ahead of us, and you don't want to rain on anybody's parade. But I think we all know, right? The Warriors are they're up against it right now, and they last year they win the championship, which was great, a surprising championship even to them. And then with the young players, they could envision this bridge that they were building to the future. And where they are now is, well, that bridge has crumbled. Um, and we don't know if this is the end of the run of this core. And so things are about as bleak as they've been for a while. Even during the, you know, the terrible, the, the, uh, the gap year and the year that followed, you still knew that, well, Clay is coming back eventually. And now it's like, hmm, you're really staring at your own mortality in terms of this dynasty. That's just where it is right now. It is. And there's all the decisions coming up as far as what does Draymond Green decide to do? What does Bob Myers decide to do? Yes. And, and the two timeline thing has been, I, I think, blown up. Like to me, when you when you admit you whiffed on Wiseman, and that that's that is another fact here of the last two weeks. The Warriors admitted that they blew the Wiseman pick. Now they're hoping to salvage some of the value by getting Gary Payton the second back, and and he can potentially help them in a playoff or over the next couple of years in the more win now mode. But it's an admission that there are not two timelines anymore. Yeah, well, that's that's 
absolutely pivotal because when they had that chance, a, a rare chance to get the second pick, and they went with a guy that they hoped would obviously be a foundational piece, and they've all referred to him as a foundational piece, and they knew you know high risk, high reward. Well, it didn't work out, so that you got to reassess your whole plan going forward now. One interesting component to the the GP acquisition, and this has popped up a little bit uh, on the text line. Xfinity Mobile text line, bringing Peyton back seems to shut the door on any chance of DiVincenzo's return, unlikely, though, that it might have been. I I think that is an additional factor, is the fact that DiVincenzo's been such a productive player that that he will opt out and have options. Yeah, and it also tells you that part of this trade is the worst thinking about next year and not just the rest of this year, planning ahead for what happens when Dante DiVincenzo leaves. Yeah, because Peyton may not play at all this year. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. depending upon how... Like the Warriors have to get to a point where Peyton can be a factor, mm-hmm. get to a point without him to I where think he can be a factor. When it comes right down to it, um, the reason essentially that I disagree with you on whether they could make the trade, what should have made the trade. And I understand all your points and they're obviously they're very sure. valid points. I just think the Warriors are at the point where they looked at Wiseman and said, no, it's just not going to happen. It's a sunk cost. This is, this is a guy that can't get on the floor. And if we can get something back from him and move on and not have to pay him anymore, we don't want to admit that publicly, but we're better off. So I think, and I I understand that reasoning. I think that it's tough to sell, but I think it makes a lot of sense. I think that's just where they were with him. Now, I I don't disagree with that part. I I really don't. The Wiseman part of it is not as much of a factor as the, you're really betting that that GP is going to be healthy yeah. and and able to play and that you're going to be good enough without him. See, I, to me, they they wanted GP2 for the now, for the for the boost. Like, they needed – we talked a couple of weeks ago before the deadline. I, I think we closed the show. I do think the Warriors need an infusion. They need – I've been saying that for months. veteran players yes, yes. to know that the front office and the ownership is still fighting for them. And, and I think this trade, if GP is healthy, would have done that. Like, if he had been healthy flying around those the first couple of games after the after the deadline against, the, what, the Lakers and the Clippers and, and Washington and, and immediately plugging back in as part of the rotation, like, that would have given them a lift that they needed at a point where they got to win some games here. Now, they, they really – they've got to go, what, out of the final – I mean, at least probably – 14 and 10, I would say, in the final 24 minimum to, to make sure you're, you know, make sure you're in the playing tournament. I, I mean, I guess you probably could go 500 and, and end up in the playing tournament. But but if you wanted a shot at making a run at sixth, you need to 14 and 10, 15 and 9, 16 and 8, probably. Don't you think that where they are now, no matter what happens the rest of this year, unless they win a championship, another championship changes everything, of course. But in the off season, you don't want to think that far ahead. Bob Myers has said, you ask him as Guru did, you know, what about your future? He's like, I, I don't want to go there yet. We're focusing on this year. So I understand that. But we can look bigger picture, like look beyond this year. Okay, this team is currently constructed. How do they get better next year, J.D.? Yeah, it's When a you're an question. aging team with a core that may be starting to fade, maybe not. You've been relying on that core. And in the NBA, as I've said, it makes sense. You've got a core, a championship core. You write it out. In other sports, maybe you want to trade guys uh, before they're past their primes. In the NBA, they're so valuable. You ride them out. So if that's where you are, though, after this year, given how far you are into the luxury tax, your younger players haven't quite come through the way you hoped. Then what are you going to do in the next offseason? Well, you've you've got your mid level exception, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's and and potential trades. And I think that's where they're going to have to re examine. With perhaps a new GM making those decisions for you. And that's where I think you have to choose a pivot point as as to you know, how close or far away are you with that core? And look, Draymond's got a part in this because he can opt out. Clay Thompson's going to be in the final year of a deal and and has played much closer to the old Clay level in the last six weeks than he did. I, I, prior I agree to that. with you. Uh, by the way, he's going to want to get paid again. Yeah, the fact that he played back to back games. You know, we're being a little negative here, but the, as you said, the fact that he positive. played, yeah, really, really great. Big positive, and yeah. and, and we'll see. I think they've got three sets of back to backs left. I believe that the first two games out and then the next week and then I think there's one more set of back-to-backs later on in the in the season and so you know if he can play in a couple of those then that that is a great sign for for his future but yes you know Clay Thompson's a 40 to 42 million dollar player right now is Clay Thompson you know 
he's taking a pay cut, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. he, he's going to have to. And you know, is he going to be willing to do that? And again, we're going a year ahead, but when you start looking at the dynasty and trying to line everybody up, and and can you make another run at it? These are all things that I think are going to be determined in large part by how this season ultimately ends. And I know it's also been reported that if Bob Myers were to leave for whatever reason, and to me it looks like if I had to bet on something right looks now, like he is. I'd go that way. I don't pretend to know, but that that to me it appears to be leaning that way. But you know, Steph and Bob Myers are really happy, and Draymond and Bob Myers, excuse me, are really close. So, Steve yeah, yeah, who's going to so, have one more year left? On, yeah, you, know, you got to make a decision on Steve so, this offseason. Yes, really. what does that do to your relationships with some of your key um, uh, members of of the organization here? If Bob Myers is no longer part of it, all right, eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy. Let's get back to the phones. James in San Ramon is next here on a Saturday. What's going on, James? What's up, gentlemen? Look, uh, I think the GP2 trade is criminally underrated. Uh, I think the ability that he has to disrupt the flow of offense against the other team is so important for the Warriors, right? They got Draymond to cover in the back, but GP2 up front disrupting the flow of that offense is massive. I think that's going to be what carries us through the playoffs and gives us a chance to win it. No doubt. I, I No disagreement. He's got to be healthy to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's... He's got to be really healthy. Yeah. And, you know, he's he at times, and I, I noticed this even last year with GP2, he didn't, and, and remember there were games where Steve Kerr would say, hey, I, I probably should have played him more and I, and didn't. And, yeah. And those games, got, but I, I think there's a minute limit for Peyton the second for his body that, and, and the way that he plays to where he is not somebody that can play more than maybe 20 minutes. Well, that certainly could be the case, whether it has been or not, I don't know. But if he's coming back from an injury... Uh, it's a great point, though, because, yeah, defense is their biggest issue, and he's so good at putting pressure on the basketball, which I think is, uh, James said it's an underrated trade. I think it's one of the most underrated aspects of defense in the NBA when you can have a player who can put pressure on the basketball. It's very, very disruptive. Bob Myers was on with Steiny and Guru, and, and he referenced – a bunch of the close games that the that the Warriors have lost and the, and the blown leads and and how that really has been why their record is not where Better, they yeah. would want it to be and he invoked GP two and said hey you know how many of those games do we win if if potentially GP two is a factor it's it's a couple of possessions it's a couple of stops in what were overall bad defensive games but close still mm-hmm. to where if you did two or three more stops maybe you win games versus losing I, I don't love going down that rabbit hole I think it's it's not a great sign when you're president of basketball operations and general managers going down that rabbit hole <laughs> typically that's more of a you know Homer you know broadcaster type rabbit hole well that's what GM say after a trade though I mean but, for a guy you, yeah I but that. I do think there's yeah. some validity to you know all right a couple of stops in a couple of these games maybe the whole thing looks completely different yeah. There's some validity. To we it. like to talk about big names at the buyout because it's nice to think about it, what an impact these guys could have. If GP2 is healthy, I think you'd agree with this. If he is healthy at some point, um, he can really help this team. How much better? I don't know. I don't think he flips them from you know a team that is in the playing situation now to, all right, look out, Denver Nuggets, but he makes them a much better better team with the playoffs looming. So again, as the Warriors did last year, they're kind of trying to thread the needle on this with his health and Steph's health and the postseason coming up. But if they can thread that needle, um, it's going to be a lot brighter than it looks right now for them in the postseason. 415 Xfinity Mobile text line. JD, so you would have rescinded the trade, took back Wiseman, and have his attitude be crap when he comes back to sit on the bench. Yeah, you would have done that? Huh? His... he. He wasn't going to be a problem. Like, he wasn't playing anyway. He So he comes back and he doesn't play. Like, it's a non-factor. A guy who doesn't play, it doesn't matter what his attitude is, really. Well, that exa- and, they, yeah. and they had showed they were done with him anyway. They would have been a little embarrassing, but I don't think his attitude would have been it, a problem. It would have been, it would have been awkward, I think. Yeah. And it would have been unfair to him. But And I said this at the time, they didn't owe him that. They didn't owe James Wiseman that. You come back, you make your $8 million or whatever it is, and you suck it up. And and you know you're going to get dealt in the off season, and and I think you could have found another eighth or ninth man to to deal him to. In the off- they they chose to not go down that road. That, that's fine. I get it. It but to me the the bringing Wiseman back 
and sitting him on the bench and being concerned about like that is a non factor in the decision. That's I think the there is some upside to just being done with that, but I don't think if you brought him back, it'd be awkward, but I don't think uh, it would have been disastrous. Why do you think ultimately it didn't work? What does it boil down to in your opinion, as far as James Wiseman, the Warriors second pick foundational piece? Ah, uh, and then what? Three years later, he's traded. What happened ultimately? Why didn't it work? Uh, his timeline for development didn't match the Warriors' timeline for winning, I think is the the number one part. I think number two was the fact that every time he did start to maybe show an ability to fit in a little bit, he got hurt. Even if it was something as simple as right around the holidays where he started to play five, six minutes a half, and a couple of those games that the Warriors won during that five-game winning streak, and then all of a sudden it's, oh, sprained his ankle playing three and three at shoot-around, and he's out for – three weeks or longer, if memory serves. And then it became apparent that he wasn't going to be a factor when he came back because it was going to take him too long to get back to the point. Like, every time he got hurt, it felt like he had to completely start over. Yeah. The development process. And I think that is really frustrating on on everybody. It's like, oh, it took – I, like it took two months to get him playable for five or six minutes, and then he gets hurt, and he's going to come back around February first, and then what? It's going to take another two months to get him remotely playable again. And, I mean, at that point, it's April, so at that point, and we we said it, and I was right about this. Unpopular opinion again. A lot of those today, but <laughs> but I said it flat out: the fact that he was not going to be a factor for this team this season, and and you could tell by about January 15th when he didn't come back about two weeks after that ankle sprain, he was done Yeah, in terms of ability to contribute for this team. And and in that vein, I can understand where the Warriors would think he, okay, he's, if he's, if we're not going to be able to make him playable this year, then you might as well trade him because of the financial savings. And then obviously you end up getting a player that, that you think fits if healthy and Peyton. I agree with all that JD. And to me, it came down to this with James Wiseman. He was a lot more raw than they realized. I think if he'd been able to play more games in college, they would have had a clearer idea of that. Maybe their their thinking would have changed. Maybe his basketball sense of where he's supposed to be, maybe it would have improved. But, you know, they were flying blind on some of that because of the pandemic and because of how few games he played. When they got him in, remember how his rookie year, it's like they couldn't decide what to do. He's not starting. He's starting. He's not starting. Well, he's going to start all the time now. And as you say, he got hurt, which I think um, just complicated it in terms of his development. But I think ultimately, yeah, he was a bad fit, but he was a bad fit in a lot of ways because he was just a lot more raw than the Warriors realized. Good point. No, I, I think I think that's spot on, and and I think they under, I think they overrated the ability of him to just be able to come in and be a be a bit player while he develops. You know, the the part of well, the Warriors' core is so good, and like it'll be e- that should make it easier on him to come in and play. And the reality is, playing with Steph in particular. But Steph and Draymond, because that is the Warrior system, his inability to play with those two made it made it a non-starter. I think it was just you had to get him away from Steph, yeah, you get him away from Draymond. And if you can't play with those two, then what do you got? I I still hope he becomes a star. I just it's hard to imagine, but you know Detroit thinks it. Detroit's all in on him. I hope they're right. It's it's hard to imagine based on what we've seen and how inconsistent he's been as a warrior. Eight at eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Adrian in Danville is next here on Warriors this week. What's going on, Adrian? Well, hi. How you doing? So I just want to talk about you know you guys talking about GP two and Divacheso. So I, I you know I like GP two and all that. He played good, but. He gets hurt, you know. If it comes down to, you know, next year, you know, Divincenzo on GP two, I would rather take Divincenzo because you know he's going to play, and he's not bad defensively. He's pretty good. He can pass, he can defend, and he can shoot the three. I like him. I would rather keep Divincenzo over GP two. That's my, you know, my opinion. I, I, we're not sure about. GP2. Yeah, appreciate it. I wholeheartedly agree. The, the problem is Dante DiVincenzo can opt out of his contract and be a free agent, and the most the Warriors would be able to offer him would be the mid-level exception. And so that's basically, I think, 
between 5.6 and 6.2 million a year and that's the, you can offer him a 3 year deal with raises mm-hmm. off of whatever the highest uh number is for the first year but it effectively would be about a 3 year 20 million dollar contract 3 yeah. 3 years and 18 to 20 million would be the most that the warriors could offer divincenzo I think he would think he can get more than that. Blue Man Hoop had an interesting look at this. And uh, Adrian, you're right, but here's the thing. DiVincenzo this year, 4.7, well, actually it's next year, $4.7 million player option for next season. And he's shooting 42%. You're right. I mean, from the three-point line. He should be making what Gary Payton's making and maybe more. Yeah, uh, four rebounds and three assists a game. And he's played well defensively. And he just understood the Warriors' offense and the system right away. And because he did that, he's going to be in line for a lot more money than the Warriors can afford to pay him next year. Yeah. It, so it's Blue Man who points out that getting Peyton, in a way, it's insurance for when DiVincenzo almost certainly leaves in free agency. No, I think that's I think that's spot on. Yeah. As far as as far as where they're at with him, but yeah, he's. I mean, you look at you know Peyton's an eight or a nine million dollar player. I think DiVincenzo's a ten million dollar player. To Adrian's point, you like, just, if you're the Warriors, a, you don't really have that. You can't pick one or the other. Can DiVincenzo really get a three or can DiVincenzo get a four year forty five million dollar contract somewhere four and forty something like that probably. Right, mm, and, and maybe. I know. I mean, he's twenty. He's twenty five, right? Twenty five, twenty six. Twenty five, yes. So, I mean, I I don't know, but and I yeah. think the plan all along for DiVincenzo was come to the Warriors, show he can fit in their system, put put himself on display, preferably in bigger games, like Otto Porter last year. He's hoping for a playoff run. Yeah, I, I think to to showcase how much he can be. I mean, he's their seventh man right now. I mean, it's let's a, be honest. Like we talk about Peyton this and Kaminga that after Jordan Poole. Who's the you know sixth starter in a way? Divincenzo's the next guy in the rotation, and at times Divincenzo's played better than Pool. It's a really smart strategy. Uh, you're so cash strapped here. You're so far into the luxury tax. If in the off season you can find veterans that are trying to uh, rehab their reputations because of injury, like with uh, Otto Porter last year with Divincenzo, it, it's great. It's a bargain, but it's just a short term relationship. Uh, and it appears to be working out beautifully for both sides. But where the Warriors are, to Adrian's point, the Warriors don't have that option next year. Which one of these two guys do you want? Because financially, it's Peyton's the guy you've got under contract, mm-hmm. and you can't afford DiVincenzo next year. It, you're it, right about how well he's playing, but just the, if you're the Warriors, you don't really have your pick. And the two. contenders are going to want him. Non-contenders yeah. are going to want him. I think a lot of teams are going to want Dante DiVincenzo in the offseason, which was all part of the plan, was to come in and play well enough to where you would be able to opt out and get paid more. The the second year player option would have been in play if he had been injured and not played well. Mm-hmm. It's like the uh, player options only get picked up when a guy gets hurt or when a guy is extremely underwhelming. Uh potent, I think uh GP2's third year. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's an option that I think would probably get picked up at 9 million or whatever. Uh, I mentioned Blue Man Hoop. Their their guesses here is that DiVincenzo could be uh looking at a multi-year deal worth uh, upwards of 12 or even 15 million per season. Okay. So yeah. there you go. So yeah. 4 and 40 yeah. is a starting point. Yeah. At that point. Uh Jimmy in Dublin before the top of the hour. What's going on, Jimmy? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. 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 Uh yeah, I just wanted to say, man, I mean, that trade it's kind of like it's kind of like the Warriors. I got a second chance, you know, with the with the physical and all that type of stuff. And I mean, after they already made the mistake of trading him for essentially second round draft picks. I mean, this guy James Wiseman, he might not have. I mean, it's not, it's not even a might. He hasn't reached his potential, and that's what people usually get drafted for, especially you know underclassmen and, and, and things like that. Is potential. So you're telling me that James Wiseman is worth – I mean, Gary Payton Jr. is worth being traded for for James Wiseman? I mean, would you take would you take Gary Payton Jr. as a second – I mean, as a second overall or third whatever pick? Definitely not. And then I also want to say on on, on top of that, I, I, I think DiVincenzo is definitely going to walk because, I mean, this right here was just a, you know, a, a, a showcase for him, you know, really to go get paid. And I think, like you said, I mean, I think he's going to get anywhere between, you know, four four years, ten per, definitely. But I think I think the Warriors are going to regret uh, giving away uh, Wiseman, kind of like how Portland gave away um, Jermaine O'Neal, and then he went on to Indiana, man, and mm. you know had a 
arguable Hall of Fame career. You guys have a good weekend. Thanks, Jimmy. Long way to go for Wiseman, although it did take Jermaine O'Neal a few years to, to become a productive player, and he eventually did. But, yeah, that that is, I think, an under-discussed portion of this. And I think I'm more willing to absolve the Warriors from the Wiseman was never going to be that you know any of that for them because they were going to have to wait too long on the development side. But when you do just say, hey, James, James Wiseman for GP2, you, yeah, you traded the number two pick in the draft from a couple of years back for an eighth or a ninth man. Like that, and, and again, if you factor out GP2 the name and GP2 the beloved, it it hits a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for the call. I'm not sure that was factually correct because I think the Pacers traded Dale Davis to the Portland Trailblazers for Jermaine O'Neal. But the, so I don't know if it's a matter of Portland giving up on Jermaine O'Neal. But anyway, um, yeah, that that's you know the Warriors have to be um, you know one of the things that keeps you up at night if you're in the Warriors front office if you're Joe Lacob just thinking about wow what if Wiseman ends up being like you know an All Star yeah and we oh and that, just that's gave on up. the table we had him and gave up on him and didn't get much for him that's on the table eight at eight nine five seven ninety five seventy final hour. J.D. and Whitey Warriors this week. That's on the table next here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.